0: if you are in a festive mood because it is June 1st, we have just just the show that's going to make you feel like you are in another Calgon. Take me away. We're going to feel like we're in Miami because we're going to Shakespeare in the park at our beloved forest park, Shakespeare Glen. Are you going to plan to be there this year for 12th night? I,
1: I am waiting until my child returns from college and then the three of us will go and we will have a fantastic time. Like we do every year. We like to do it when the Muni has started and the lions are ready to roar at the most (laughs) inopportune moments of the play. (laughs) That giggle you hear is Tom Ridgely from the St. Louis Shakespeare festival we're going to talk about The Twelfth Night. Around minute 21, we'll talk about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And then around minute 48, Shooting Stars.
0: Well, to give us a preview of what we're going to get with uh, with Twelfth Night, because we're going to have romance and we're going to have music and we're going to have high times. And I cannot wait because Twelfth Night is one of my all-time William Shakespeare favorites. And we have Tom Ridgely here with us today thank you so much for taking a, so much time out of your schedule to meet with us and tom is the are you the artistic director and executive producer yeah that covers it <laughs> and you have whatever pays more <laughs> you have shepherded us through the pandemic to multiple pivots to expanding the shakespeare a program they do that wonderful shake in the streets every year that i love so much and then they do uh the traveling show which is just so much fun and so let's talk about
2: shakespeare glenn you started well, last night right it did yeah we had our first wonderful audience last night which is always a special moment for a production Weather was perfect, um, and this is a pretty, pretty extraordinary show. You know, it's it's Twelfth Night, which people are probably more or less familiar with. But this woman who's directing, At Lisa Portes, is is has uh, is presenting it in a way that I don't think anyone will have seen before. Um, which is always fun. It's always interesting to see sort of what you know a director's take on the show is, but. For me, at least, what's exciting about it is that it's really sort of revealing the play in ways that I'd never understood it um, prior to this. So, you know, if 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 you've if you've never seen Twelve Band before, it's probably not what you'd expect. If you have seen Twelve Band before, I think you're gonna you're gonna have a totally new understanding of what that play is and what it's about after after seeing this one. It has been
0: called uh, Shakespeare's greatest comedy. And I think it's been used many times in pop culture. And Tom brought out, Carl, that if you've seen the movie, She's the Man, there you go. And then it's referenced uh-huh. in Shakespeare in Love. So if you're familiar with those films, but this is about Viola and her shipwrecked twin brother and they get separated and they have to find their way in the strange new world so we just saw a movie about shipwrecked people in mermaids so um this is not that but that's <laughs> going to be a great quest for love and this is what i like about it is you're going to have music and the guy that's doing the music david molina he was here for king lear
2: mm-hmm. yeah and i
0: remember how
2: great that music was yeah, it was great, and I honestly I think he's outdone himself on this one. Um, you know, he's got because in addition to his, uh, you know, the, the 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 music that he creates, he's got a live onstage band, which is called Clave Soul, the local Latin band. So it's okay. it's and so what you've got is this really interesting mixture of sort of live and sort of you know like pre-produced tracks. So there's both this sort of like I don't know this analog and digital thing. So it's just this really interesting like mixture of like colors, like sonic colors, um, and the band is just a great pop band. And there's an amazing singer in the play, Festi, who's the clown in Twelfth Night. Is sort of in this production like the Sonero, mm-hmm. the the lead singer of this of this Latin band, and uh, Esteban, the actor who portrays him, is, uh, is 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 pretty dynamic. So it's. Uh, very fun. Very musical. Shakespeare's most musical play, actually.
1: He
0: looks
2: like so Tom... a soap opera star. <laughs>
0: <Just
2: saying. laughs> Doesn't he look glamorous? He
0: does. Go ahead, Carl. Hey.
1: Well, you you said that this is a different version. Not a different version. This is a different expectation of what one that would normally know the play. Is that what you set out to discover? Or did? was this a happy accident?
2: Lisa had an idea for it that she'd already had. You know we were interested in working with her she's an amazing director she's she runs the directing program up at DePaul paul in chicago and she directs everywhere i mean a, a lot of the biggest you know, most important theaters around the country so but she hadn't done much shakespeare and so we were interested in what she might want to do if if she were to do one and she had a couple ideas but the one that she was really most excited about was this idea for 12th night and what's so great about it is, you know lynn you mentioned there's a it starts with a shipwreck and there's you know it usually that feels a little sort of i don't know sort of like fantastical right like something out of a fairy tale you know shipwrecks separated twins but you know the fact of the matter is ships are still wrecking you know and and families are still like <laughs> sep- being separated by that and so she saw in that that part of the story um uh, a connection between what her family had experienced. Her father came from Cuba, and when he was young, very young, he was the first of his family to come over. He was by himself. It was only later that he was reunited with his family. So she, she just understood that in a different way than than maybe a lot of us would. And and so that's what she's done is she's made it really contemporary in a way that isn't that doesn't feel imposed. It just feels um, you know sort of really in harmony with with you know with this very old play. It sounds wonderful. And just FYI,
0: Carl's daughter goes to DePaul.
1: Yeah. Did how is it. she getting out? To, yeah. How does she get down here to do it? The school doesn't end until the ninth. So she's playing hooky from school coming down <laughs> here to St. Louis. She played hooky a
2: little bit. Yeah. She had to skate back for a minute to to wrap some things up, but um, she finds a way. I mean, I'm sure the director, part of what they want her right. to do. Yeah. To the, do. Th-
1: they're not doing a play the last week of finals.
2: Well, some of them were. She had a student, you know, because it's a graduate directing program that she runs. And she had a student whose thesis was going on, you know, while she was down here in St. Louis rehearsing. So, um, you know, I'm, we've all got multiple hats that we're wearing. and I, she under, I it understand. All, and a ton. Well, She's just incredibly active and committed and energetic.
0: Well, special. what I like about this plot, this is straight from the, the uh, website, Shakespeare, St. Louis Shakespeare Festival website. Mm-hmm. And it says, a glamorous celebrity filled Miami in yeah. a world where appearances, not everyone is who they seem. Mm-hmm. But love is love in this Latin inflected story and of uh, longing and reinvention. I'm there. This sounds so awesome. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's modern day. Is that correct?
2: It's very contemporary. Yeah. Which is, I think I get the brilliant thing she's done. You know, sometimes that happens and it feels a little, I don't know, sort of disjointed, but, um, yeah, this feels like, Did... go ahead.
1: Well, I was going to say, does it take place in Miami? Does a uh, Pitbull show up and say hi, I'm Mr. 305? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> nearly, nearly. Um, you know, it's, Elyria. So it's a little bit of a sort of fantastical place, but it's very inspired by contemporary Miami. So it would, you know, if, it, if that's some, a place you've been to and familiar with, um, it'll feel pretty, pretty authentic. Well, besides our female director, Lisa
0: Portas, you have Regina Garcia, who's a scenic designer. And then Danielle, is it Nieves, that yes. is a costume designer? So we've got some heavy hitters here, Carl, passing the Brechtel test.
1: Well, not only that, Lynn, it's just that they have such high standards that they already have. They've been doing this for so long. People have an expectation, and it's not that you have to try to outdo yourself every year, Tom. It's the fact you just have to maintain the already standard of excellence that you already have. So it's a lot of work making it look that effortless.
2: Yeah, it is, you know, but when you love it, it doesn't feel like work. I mean, some days are long, but it's, it's, it's such a joy. It's really just a joy. And to watch something like this take place has been special. You know, you, they, it, thanks for saying that they all sort of, you know, try to you know, hit a bar, but um, this, this, this one just feels pretty extraordinary. I, 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 again, I've never seen a production of a Shakespeare play that was this contemporary, that worked this well, that felt this um, just real. And 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 true musical, and musical and musical, and that's great. I mean, but that's the world again. There's more songs, there's more singing in Twelfth Night than there is in any other Shakespeare's play. So like, music has to be a big component. And if you if you sort of said, well, this shipwreck sort of feels a little bit like you know some of these stories that you hear about you know people watching up on shore in southern Florida, and you think, like, well, what's the music in that world, and how do you really make that central to the production? Um, and it really is central and and and, it, and and it's the pulse it's like the heart of the show which is well gloria
0: estefan's uh, background is that coming over on the boat with uh that so it's uh an often told story and uh i look forward to seeing your take on it now it started may 31st and it continues through june 25th and it's at 8 p.m except on mondays Monday is your dark so to speak, and let the animals roar and then it's in Shakespeare. The Glad. animals
1: roar anyway. It doesn't matter what <laughs> you
0: do. Yeah, they're not, they're not, they just are going on about their biz. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just think after the pandemic, everybody just wants to be out and there's just this need for festivities and connection and, and it's wonderful. And it, the cast sounds terrific. And like, the Esteban, the the uh, the guy you mentioned, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there are. If you want to go look, check out the cast list, there are some fine looking people. <laughs> <It's a good laughs> but th- but there's also some of the some of the core St. Louis people that are so fun to watch, like Adam Flores and Carl Overs and uh, Christina Rios, and so it's going to be pleasant to see them as well as learn about all the new people. So anybody in the cast there, it's a global cast. I take it just from looking at the, the cast list.
2: Yeah. I mean, certainly people have roots from all over, um, and, uh, and are based all around the country at least. Um, uh, and yeah, and some of them, yeah, we're, we're born other places, but it's, it's, it is a great mixture. The St. Louis crew brings it. I mean, definitely it's fun because they're, their characters also happen to be grouped together in the play a little bit and so they get chances to play with each other and that you can feel it you know that the camaraderie that they have as people really comes through in the relationships that the characters have and and it's it's very very fun to watch great ricky and then part- is amazing ricky did play bottom in our tour last year and she's playing dame toby not sir toby but dame toby belch and it's She's phenomenal. She's really I saw her great. in
0: the cast list, and I was like, "Oh, good," because I remembered how good she was in *Midsummer Night's Dream* and yep. the touring show. That's right. yes Where do you see this? Could not be this, more different. And yeah. More different. She's got a lot of life in her now. Uh, nice. If you want, you you do have reserved seating, but many people bring blankets and their little stadium seats, and the the Glen fills up. There are. A, a lot of porta potties that are clean and ready to go because if anybody's never been there don't worry you're taken care of and there's the tent that uh, we got saint louis barkeep and you're gonna have steve's hot dogs again right yep
2: absolutely they're bad schlafly they're
1: back. make a special beer for this
2: uh, not I, a, I know not they a, have not a, in the past. Not a custom brew this time around, but there is a uh, plenty of Schlafly available there. So yeah, you can, you can pack your own picnic or you can just roll up and, and you know, like you said, Lynn, you'll be taken care of. There's food, there's drink, there's restrooms, there's fresh air. And, stuff and Schlafly
1: has a nightly giveaway every night at 10 minutes before the show goes on.
2: That's right. Yeah. You can win free
0: Schlafly just by being there. And if you get there early, you can see, uh, some pre-show entertainment and there's usually music because the guys that have uh, been there before strolling, I really enjoy that. You get mm-hmm. your seat and open your snacks and get your bearings and, and everything. And then you always, what I love is in coordination with post-dispatch or somebody else, you have a, uh, for those that are unfamiliar with the Shakespeare story they tell it in graphics so you can get it's like a i don't want to say shakespeare for dummies but it's like a um like but it
1: is it's you like know that. it's
0: like a cliff notes twelfth night visual form yeah yep. right it's
1: there. the storyboard it
0: is a storyboard it's very
1: yeah. very very entertaining Every, I, even if i already know the play i still go up and read it because it is It's interesting to see not only the drawings, but the descriptions of what you think is going to happen because you never know there. There might be something changed.
0: And also it is free. But if you want to donate, they will have the little lanterns and little things that you can put some cash in. So have some cash or they have a QR code and you can donate on your assorted platforms Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so if you don't have any cash because a lot of people now don't do that so you can donate and it's a wonderful thing to donate because it's free shakespeare for tons of people and it's like the first experience i know uh a couple years ago when you came back with uh king lear after the pandemic Uh, Tashara Jones opened the show and she said she and her son used to come every year. It was a bonding experience. And I am actually bringing someone who has never been.
2: Wow.
0: Their whole life, they go, you know, I've never been to that. And I go, well, you're coming. So, (laughs) you know, And uh, but they've come to the Shakespeare in the park, the traveling park, and they've been to Shake in the Streets. They go, you know, I've never been to Forest Park wow so so yeah so there's always out there i know i know who you people are so (laughs) and do not be afraid of shakespeare because this sounds like a just a wonderful immersive show that's not going to feel all shakespeare scholar if that makes sense
2: it's very live it's very fresh it's very accessible very easy to follow um it's wonderful
0: and you're going to uh, have I, uh, ASL, oh, Just I want to just throw this in, ASL Interpreter ahead. on Thursday, June 15th, and Mind's Eye is going to do an audio description on June 10th. That's a okay, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Well, I, was,
1: I was just, I wanted to say, um, I know we're talking about Shakespeare in the Park, but I do want to mention what you guys are going to be doing in September with my friend Ben Hockman with the... Soccer and St. Louis Shakespeare thing. He adapted Henry the which one? A, one a
2: four and five. He's taking from four, both, uh, both right four and five, since they kind of tell a continuous story.
1: And since he's since he's a sports reporter, he's adapted that into making it soccer in St. Louis. And I am really looking forward to that because it, that you guys are always doing something new. And this is something that's topical for the area as well
2: yeah i mean so I, thanks I, I, we're happy to do it and we're learning a lot i mean talking to the people that have been a part of the history of soccer in st louis has been amazing um and just the 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 depth of that the richness of that um you know from world cup champions to gold medalists to um uh just you know enthusiasts uh, people that played as kids people that still play it you know just for fun as adults uh, it's such a part of so many people's lives, and that's really what Shakespeare in the Street's about. Like what does it mean to sort of live in St. Louis in this way? whether it's a neighborhood or as a part of a you know the community that loves and enjoys participates in soccer, uh, It's an incredible history, and obviously now, given the way things are going, it's going to be an incredible future. So we'll be right across the street from the stadium right there at twenty second and Olive. So uh, there'll be soccer on stage and soccer you know across the street and soccer everywhere. It's so fun. You come up with the
0: best ideas and uh you are I what I like about this too is you have moved to offices that are in the grand arts district right there. Mm-hmm. So you're yeah. you're yeah, right in we'll the thick of things. Mm-hmm. You have skin I, in the game. Uh mm-hmm. yes, yeah, skin in the game. Good, good one, Carl. I uh I mispronounced Carl Overly Jr.'s name, so I'm sorry. I don't know where I was thinking about well, that's that. That's all so. right, because he's
2: also Carl's not. In, Carl was in Lear and Carl was in Much Ado, but Carl's not in Twelfth Night.
0: Oh, he isn't. Okay.
2: Cassidy Cren okay. is in it. Ricky Flanken is in it. Christina Rios, as you said, uh, Flores. Actually, I hope I'm not forgetting anybody. But those are those are those are four of the local folks. Yeah, that's that's
0: right. So, uh, well. I guess we should uh, say break a leg and uh, uh, we look forward to seeing it. I'm going Friday night and I am going to be there with bells on. Fabulous. So
1: if you want to find out more about anything that we've talked about or things that we screwed up or anything that you want to find out, stlshakes.org is the website and all the information is on those pages.
2: Thanks so much. guys. Always fun to talk. Oh yeah! Thank, Thank you Tom. so much. I'm now you. I'm really really
0: excited, and this is a this is a, a way to because it's going to be I know it's going to be really colorful. This mm-hmm. is a way to be really festive when you come. Yeah, good. <laughs> All right. See <laughs> Thank you. you, Tom. Well, Carl, we were in a fantasy world
2: last yes, night. We
0: were. Uh we were. Uh, at uh, Spider Verse. No, Spider Man. Across the Spider Verse. Spider-Man across
1: the spider-verse
0: across the spider-verse this is the second installment it started out Spider-Man into the spider-verse the animated feature that was a phenom for its innovation and it won the Oscar for best animated film and deservedly so Yes and now 4 years later here we are and it's even more innovative more mind blowing and more dimensional i was describing it as pop art meets quantum physics
1: okay that is that is a way to describe it um uh, i think if you enjoyed the first one you will enjoy this one i think if sometimes it's a lot It's a lot. If you're not used to all these different styles meeting and clashing and complementing each other, it might be too much for some people. Because this movie, which is the second of three, by the way, in fact they were going to call it Across the Spider Verse Volume One, but they decided not to do that just because they saw what uh, Endgame and Infinity. It was going to be Infinity War part 1 and part 2 and they decided to change it to end game and we were joking last night they should call the next one Spider-Man Endgame Spider-Verse or whatever <laughs> but no they they actually tell you at the end the next one's going to be Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse but i i have one slight issue with the movie this is not a standalone movie this is part 2 of 3 you needed to have seen the first one And you have to see the second one. I mean, have to see the third one for this to make any sense. This is the middle part. And if you don't like the fact that it doesn't have an ending, it will extremely upset you because it does not have an ending. It is a cliffhanger. You know how Back to the Future 2 led right into Back to the Future 3? Or in 1980. When I was a young nine-year-old, when I saw Empire Strikes Back and hated Empire Strikes Back's ending because it doesn't end. It leads you into the next movie. At least the Marvel movies do, and and technically this is a Marvel movie, but not a Disney Marvel movie. This is a Sony Marvel movie. It's complicated. Well, yes, and there are references to the MCU in in this movie. This movie is a part of a bigger whole and it ends on a cliffhanger. It is like a serial, like the old, uh, it's part of, it's part of a bigger picture and that will be upsetting to some people because they're used to binging and they want, they don't, they don't even like wait, waiting a whole week to see the next episode of a television show. They want, they want it right now. But as I was saying, as a nine-year-old child, you had to wait three years before Return of the Jedi came out. And it's not going to be that long before the next one comes out. But March. It's, it's, it's coming out yeah. March. So less so, than a year. So, yeah.
0: But still, it's annoying because Alex McPherson. Who <laughs> it is annoying. Alex McPherson, who writes for our website, poplifestl.com, he was very frustrated with the ending last night because he thought it was a cheat like, oh, no. And um, he's he's not a big Marvel dude. You know, he he could care less. But he liked the innovation of the animation, which is the calling card here, because it is next level. And there's all these different styles. And you do feel like you're having one of those dreams where you're falling through floors or something like that. Because right. there's so much going on this is this is my main beef. I didn't understand about half the movie because it is multiverses and it's time travel, and those two things I'm a right brain no person. it's not
1: it's not time travel, it's not time travel
0: but it's multiverses, which is kind of it's the multiverse same. yeah no it's which not. which, which makes my head hurt because i overthink it and most of the time i didn't know what the heck was going on because they start bringing who was who dozens of other spider men and Hmm. i think like you said it's a lot dozens
1: dozens no i
0: will say the voice work is very good i was spending time trying to figure out who was who but these aren't necessarily recognizable voices
1: well, like, Oscar Isaac, Daniel Kaluuya,
0: yeah, I know. Jason but in like, Swartzman, you know, well, Jason Schwartzman's hilarious as the villain, the Spot. I don't mm-hmm. know how much we can say because I don't know what's spoiler. Because you guys, but, you know what?
1: you have until March to f- see this movie because I will spoil everything in March because it you can't see the next one without having to know what's happened. So eh, eh, you know, and the uh,
0: internet's going to ruin everything. So, um, uh, you yes. know, uh because that's what they do. Speaking of <laughs> um I have not that's, seen That's which Las- is
1: why I had to watch Ted Lasso yesterday because oh, I knew it get and, ruined.
0: and they've already uh I get those a variety of alerts and I can't even look at them because they've ruined Succession for me and they've ruined Ted Lasso for me and I have I have still I still have to see these things uh, because I'm only on episode eight of Ted and I'm way behind on success. Well, the last,
1: the last three are more than 70 minutes. So.
0: Yeah. And I have uh, just for, for the theater calendar besides uh, I am seeing the glorious Steinem, a life at new Jewish theater and then Shakespeare in the park. And then a funny thing happened on the way to the forum at new line. <laughs> and that is just this weekend, and then next week, Stages St. Louis puts on Aida. Wednesday night, Thursday night is Era Theater doing a parody of The Breakfast Club in the style mm-hmm. of Bertolt Brecht, called mm-hmm. The Brecht
1: The Brecht Club.
0: Club, and yes. then uh, Friday is Stray Dogs vampire lesbians of sodom hooray it's a parody it's a parody what? and
1: oh.
0: <laughs> and uh saturday is clash of the titans a live parody at westport and sunday is absent friends at al by albion theater at the Kranzberg. and then tuesday is beautiful at the muni so from june 1st to June 13th, I have nine theatrical plays and musicals, so when am I going to have time to watch television? (laughs) I don't know. And then we have movies, too. Yes. Except I'm going on record, I am not watching Transformers. I hate those movies. They're like nails on a chalkboard. I will not be doing my reviewing duty. I will go see the Asian movie, Past Lives, that's like the best reviewed film of the year. So that's my decision. Okay. Yes. So you, you have well, to let's, do-
1: Let's talk about- let, no, I'm not going to see it because I the only Transformers movie I've ever seen is Bumblebee, which I enjoyed. But hey, and you know who was in that movie? Haley Stanfield, who is now- uh, She's Kate Bishop in the live versions of the MCU. Uh, the next young Hawkeye. She's the next Hawkeye for- Uh, thunderbolts or whatever young avengers or i you you don't know who's going to be what or whatever's what's going on but she is gwen stacy spider woman in this movie and she's fantastic she was in the first one and at the end of the first one uh she finds a way to say hello to miles morales but they don't even reference that this time at all which was odd but then and there's a whole bunch of things that are odd about this movie. I mean, the voice cast is great and I enjoy what they've done with this movie. I was just disappointed in the last uh, couple minutes because they just, it's like they're leading up to a big, big, big thing that's going to happen. And I think the next, the first 10 minutes of the next movie will be amazing as well. This well, is the- like, yeah, this, uh-huh. you already know what I'm so upset about.
0: Yeah, I Go know. On. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to just give away some of the voices. We have Shamik. I'm just saying. Well, we no, have you Sh-
1: know that one.
0: Shamik Moore is Miles Morales. Oscar Isaac is one of the uh, Spider-Man, Miguel O'Hara. Mm-hmm. jake johnson is the married peter parker the baby is cute Mayday. and then i knew it was Issa ray as jessica drew i knew that and then brian tyree henry is jefferson davis and uh rachel Dratch, i knew she was the principal it's very i knew
1: obvious. i leaned over to max and said that's rachel Dratch. and it's yeah. kind of drawn to look like her
0: Yeah, and it was the one that I knew. And then Daniel Kaluuya is the British Spider-Man, and I liked him. He's the, he's the, uh, basically the yard. He's
1: Spider-Punk.
0: Yeah, Hobie. Hobart, Mm -hmm. Hobie Brown. And I really enjoyed him. Uh, Taron Killam is Patrick O'Hara, and I'm trying to figure out who he was. I can't remember. Andy Samberg is Ben Riley
1: he has one line
0: i know he's the kid with the jordans right he's the kid wearing the jordans and then
1: no andy samberg ben riley is he's he's in the giant they they walk by him at in spider world oh is he uncle ben no he's spider bite i mean not he's he's scarlet spider He's Ben Riley. He's a he's the clone. They even do a little thing that says he's a clone of Peter Parker.
0: Okay, well, that's just making my head hurt. Okay. And then Jason Schwartzman is Jonathan Owen, who is aka the spot. And then yeah. Karan Sony is the Spider Man India. I thought he was good. Jorma Tacone, one of Andy Sandberg's Lonely Island people, is Adrian Tumis and
1: He's uh, the Vulture. he's the renaissance vulture
0: oh that's what that is and then shay wiggum is gwen's dad george stacy and captain
1: george stacy
0: yeah yes and so who plays who plays uh miles's dad
1: miles's dad yeah yeah brian tyree henry
0: Okay. I thought that was it, but why does it hit? Okay. I thought that was him, but I wasn't catching the name as Jefferson Davis. That was my thing, but the writers are Phil Lord, Christopher Miller, and you were like their, their biggest fan,
1: but they're not, they're not directing it this time, which is fine.
0: And Dave Callahan is also the director of it. And he uh is, a writer on Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Plus, he did work on the script for Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. So so he's got legit cred because he started with the big one. It doesn't have that much uh, bear. The the first one, if you can't remember it, I don't think it matters much. Do
1: you? It does. It does because you get the whole thing about the uncles and there's a, they do a nod to toxic fandom in this because there are things that they called Canon events. And these things that if you go see a superhero movie that is based on a specific comic, you want all those comic things to happen because it's Canon and that is how it's supposed to be. And they both ridicule and tweak that canon event uh, fandom in this movie. So some of the things that are canon events have happened in Into the Spider-Verse, like a dead uncle, which every Spider-Man has to have a dead uncle and every Spider-Man has to, yes. And without giving anything away, there are more beats that have to happen, like more dead people and spider-man the journey of spider-man in every universe has to have at least two or three dead people which they talk about a lot once again this movie oh oh, no i'm this is not once again this is the first time we're talking about it this movie's two hours and 20 minutes long
0: i know these It, it felt long it felt very long Okay, this is what the storyline says. Miles Morales returns for the next chapter, an epic adventure that will transport Brooklyn's full-time friendly neighborhood Spider-Man across the multiverse to join forces with Gwen Stacy and a new team of spider people to face off with a villain more powerful than anything they have ever encountered. Okay, that's pretty simple. Yeah, that's the simple version of it. But it has quantum physics, fantasy, sci-fi, family, adventure, action, animation. There are some uh, funny parts about him being the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man that everybody knows. And
1: uh, yeah. Well, he's the because in the first one, his Peter Parker got killed by Kingpin. So I'm spoiling like I said I'd spoil the last movie I'm spoiling the movie before this cuz you need to know this before you go see this. So yeah there there is no Peter Parker in Miles World. There's only Spider-Man.
0: Well, I do think I
1: mean, there there's Miles Morales who is Spider-Man because there's no Peter Parker because Fisk killed him.
0: Well, my interpretation being as a non-comic book geek my uh, feeling on this is animation A plus, story yeah. B. I think it's very complicated, but the comic book nerds there were there last night were loving it and catching well, all the obscure references.
1: There were you know, there were a lot of obscure references, and there are a lot of Spider Men and Spider Women and Spider Gwens. There are. A lot of Spider-Man, and I will say this: there are when this comes out on video or streaming or whatever, there are going to be a lot of people that pause to because there are a lot of jokes. In fact, they, they even say, Do you have any more jokes? and then every single one of the Spider-Man tell a joke, but it's too fast because uh, ISA calls for these spider people to say jokes and they all do, except they're all in text and it goes by too fast. And that was another thing I wanted to read the cast list and I wanted to read the song list. And did you notice how fast the credits went by?
0: Yes. I was looking at them too. And I said, Oh, well, I guess when I get home, I'm going to have to study the credits Look because this I was like, yeah, who was this? Now uh, this is some trivia for you, Carl. Um, this uh-huh. is why we're saying what we are today. It takes place across six dimensions with 240 characters and over yeah. a thousand animators working on it. So you yeah, think why... this is and, why and none of
1: them get none of them get credit on film.
0: And and uh that's why it's um so nuts. That's why it's complicated. If you are a casual fan, um, this is the largest crew of any animated movie ever. And therefore it is a lot. Now I know, you know, people like Jim Batts, whose whole life has been animation and comics and that's his career. He uh, absolutely loved it. And he was saying about the one big cameo that we're not gonna spoil. Um, when people see that on Friday, they're gonna go nuts. Okay. And I was like, <laughs> Okay, I don't understand, but just this is how this movie starts out the opening credits shift between alternate versions. They have Columbia Pictures, Marvel, Sony Pictures Animation, Pascal mm-hmm. Pictures, and Lord Miller Production logos shifting. Between the alternate versions. Yes. So if you're confused from that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And then um, just for me to know, um, who is Spider-Man Peter Parker's uh, as Jake Johnson? Who is plays the mom there? The wife?
1: Uh, the wife? That's Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. She was Zoe Kravitz in the, well, she was MJ in the first one as well.
0: Okay. I thought it was MJ, but I wasn't sure who was playing it. And I thought, did I miss something?
1: Well, if you would have, if you would have had very quick speed reading, you would have got to see her name in the credits, but it's Zoe Kravitz. She was in the first one as well.
0: Okay. See, I know you, you can illuminate more and Max is going to be able to illuminate more.
1: No, I had to tell Max today that it was uh that it was Zoe Kravitz because he thought he thought it was Kirsten Dunst.
0: Well I was thinking that at first I was thinking, is that Kristen? And then I was like Kirsten, I couldn't quite Kirsten. place yeah I couldn't well Kirsten. I couldn't quite place uh Jake Johnson's voice. And I was like
1: but, well he was he was in the first one.
0: Well Carl, there's a reason I don't remember much of the first. One. <laughs>
1: okay, but it was the first one's brilliant. This one could be brilliant if it had an, an ending. I would love it as much as the first one if it had an ending. It doesn't have an ending. It has. It honestly says to be continued at the end.
0: It does, and it says uh, Miles Morales will be back. Okay. And people applauded it. And I'm just like, okay. Um, I know this is, uh, this is a specific audience, but you do have to give it props for the animation and the styles. There's so many different styles of animation going on. It reminded me in a way and don't laugh of Chip and Dale's rescue Rangers,
1: but on a, you really love that movie.
0: I know, but on a way higher level, because it moves. This one moves so fast. But uh, the St. Louis Film Critics we did award Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse as our top animated film. In I voted for Isle of Dogs. So did I. I. Still
1: love Isle of Dogs, but so did this it. movie and okay. So here's what you're, the in the year ending we were doing our awards i voted for isle of dogs i really wanted isle of dogs to win but in my top 10 (laughs) i actually had spider-verse above isle of dogs you can like two things and and be still correct
0: i agree i agree and i do admit that yes i was you know it did deserve to win the oscar but if Isle of Dogs would have won. I would not have been so bad because that is Wes Anderson and we'll talk about him later. But as far as creativity, it really was all jumping to a next level of animation. But um, the reason I don't remember the first one is I saw it the morning of December 8th and then December 9th, I had a family tragedy. So that movie has been totally erased from my brain.
1: And so I might want to need, go. You don't need to revisit. You, would you revisit it?
0: I don't know. Um, uh, they were saying last night, well, maybe you need to watch the first one. But is it on Disney? Or it was on Netflix for a while.
1: See, it, they with the Sony Pictures, it first goes to Netflix, then it goes to Disney. So I don't know. Once again, Lynn, JustWatch.com tells you where it, everything is. Because you know what? I-, I was asking Max this last night because... I want to see this again to pause and get all the jokes that I missed. So let's see where it is right now. I'm pulling it up because I have the app on my phone. Uh-huh. So let's see. Spiderverse. As I spell verse wrong. Come on. Math. All right. Into the Spider Verse, And it says it is available... Yes, where is it available? Oh, it's available for rent if you want to rent it. Um, not across the Spider Verse, damn you, because I put in Spider Verse instead of putting across. Instead, it's of a three ninety
0: nine on uh, Apple TV, and I can rent uh, stream it if I have Fubo. Fubo, which I don't. Um. Huh. Uh,
1: and FX now, okay. So you can, if you have, if you have FX, you can get it.
0: Okay, and it says Direct TV. I do have Direct TV stream, so
1: yeah. But you'd have to, you'd have to pay for that. If you yeah.
0: have FX,
1: nice. if you have an FX, you can get it.
0: Well, the first one was PG, and this one is PG thirteen, and it does have more peril. No, nope, it. no,
1: it's PG. Oh, PG. i surprised. Okay. I was surprised it was PG. I mean, there's no cursing in it. It's not like The Flash, but it's there is no cursing in it, but it is very dark. In fact, not only was there a baby at our screening last night. Shame on you, bad parents. But there was also a toddler because, you know, the kids love Spider-Man. This movie is not for little kids. It is very I mean, as we talked about the uh, the points of canon it's all about death and hopefully that stuff goes over their heads. But if not, you have some explaining
0: to do when you get home, mom and dad. Well, yeah, you know, many of the superheroes, the human element, the drama, because that is what draws me to the superhero things like Batman because of his family tragedy and his, uh, his tortured soul. And mm-hmm. uh, then uh, most of the superhero, like Captain America with, But with uh, his beloved Penny, is it Penny? Mm -hmm. And then all that they always have some tragedy, and then uh, Spider Man. uh, Captain
1: America's tragedy is Bucky, but it's also Peggy Carter.
0: Peggy, not Penny. Peggy. I knew it was. Okay, yeah, and then and then, uh, you know, it's just they always have some tortured part of their life. And that's what propels them to save the world. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, One person instead of the whole entire universe. But that's what the human element does. And this one does have a lot of pathos in it. Yeah. So speaking of the only other movie this week, because you know, this is a light week, Carl. This is a week where I guess they figure people are going to be going to Spider-Man or still watching Mermaid. Um, Yeah. I saw the Shooting Stars biopic about LeBron James and his high school team. It is the film adaptation of the book shooting stars by Buzz Bissinger. If that name is familiar, he wrote Friday night Night lights.
1: Lights. And he also did a a book about uh,
0: Tony La Russa. So that's right. This is the young life of LeBron and his teammates. They were called the fab four and they were the winningest high school team in America. It was Catholic school. Akron, Ohio, and uh, everybody in town was mad because they didn't go to uh, college. The, pub- the public school. Um, and then Le- well, and LeBron then, and went straight LeBron, to, LeBron
1: didn't go to college. He went from high school to pro.
0: Yeah, it's really funny when they're wrapping up at the end what happened to the players. Uh, they go, LeBron James uh, did uh, get drafted by the nba and word is he did okay (laughs) so that's supposed to be funny but dermot Mulroney plays the coach who he was he was fired at some university and he takes this catholic school high school job and he wants to be back at the college level the whole time and he's a curmudgeon and he's you know and the seniors are all playing because those boys are freshmen and then everybody gets mad because they're so good. They start getting in the games and they're like, wait a minute. My kid's a senior and you're playing freshman. But they were winning and they were undefeated prepping. And then uh, Sports Illustrated comes and does a story by Grant Wall. Is the sports writer. And he was the one that died last year covering was it the World Cup.
1: Yeah, um, yes, it was the World Cup.
0: So he's the sports writer that did the thing and LeBron was on the cover of uh, Sports Illustrated as the chosen one. And that caused all sorts of friction with this team. So this movie tries to drum up some conflict, but it's your standard cookie cutter high school sports uh, movie. And it has nothing worth i mean if you want to know more about lebron and his high school buds it's you know it's that kind of interesting but it's really rather just a passing biopic i was just meh about it it just (laughs) was very pedestrian and i think there's a reason why it's going on peacock and not opening in theaters, even though universal made it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So there you well, go. It's on Peacock on Friday.
1: Well, Lynn, where can we find you besides at theater every single night of the week?
0: <laughs> yes. On my website is poplifestl.com. dot com. I uh, uh, broke the story about the Fox theater retaining their, the Fox associates retaining their, Mary Strauss is in charge
1: of the building and the land now.
0: Yes. And uh, that got heavy rotation. So if you want to know more about it, that press release is up on my website. And um, I am on KTRS every Friday with Jennifer Bloom and Wendy Wees at 11 a.m. or after the news. So it's 1108. And I'm in the Webster Kirkwood Times. And Carl, where can we find you?
1: You can find me on the radio seven days a week. I'm on the Mark Cox Morning Show Monday through Friday on 97.1 FM Talk. And then on the weekends, I'm on Second Amendment Radio and The Great Outdoors. This week is mostly about The Great Outdoors. It is on 97.1 on Saturdays and Sundays. And KMOX, either after or before baseball on Sundays. So I am there everywhere. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Carl the Intern.
0: Well, Carl, uh, as the Blues... Um, personnel that you are. Yes. What's your I, official title?
1: Uh, music coordinator. I coordinate music, all the music.
0: And you play the and you do the horn. I um, the gold horn. Yes. Well, you know you're you're sitting this out, but our St. Louis boy Matthew DeChoc is going to be the he's tearing it up as a Florida Panther, and yes, he is going to be competing against the Vegas Golden Knights and Alex Petrangelo went there. I have an Alex Petrangelo shirt. He went and, there. And uh,
1: Ivan Barbashev is also on that team doing very well.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, so who are you rooting for?
1: I I don't care who wins because either, either team that wins, uh, there's – some thinking that says Vegas has not suffered long enough to win and that Florida has, and therefore Florida should win. And I'd be happy for Walt's kid, Matthew Kachuk, but, and Barbie and uh, Petro have already won. So I'm leaning towards Florida, but I like, I like it when the West wins because the East seems to win a lot so uh i'm torn so pick your favorite it doesn't matter it doesn't matter the blues who win because the blues the blues already did well and we have nine picks in the lottery so on to next year wake me yes, up when they, September they, re-
0: they revealed the number of our picks now that the finals are set and uh, the nba finals will not have jason tatum and everybody yeah. was hoping that because um, he would be taking on Cronky's evil empire, the Nuggets. But now yes. we have the Heat versus the Nuggets, and so of course that's a no-brainer: the Heat.
1: You 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 don't want Stan Kroenke to win anything else except loss of money. So right,
0: ever, ever. So right. that's the way. Because in St. Louis, we still hold a grudge, and deservedly so, because he's a bad, bad, bad man. Speaking of yes. things to do, other uh, over the weekend, and I know you are always full of uh, fun things to do. Uh, I am going to the West Fest that the High Point Theater is going to have Cinema St. Louis in anticipation of Wes Anderson's latest movie, Asteroid City which opens Mm -hmm. June 23rd. And I cannot wait. Uh, They are showing six Wes Anderson movies over the weekend and go to cinemasaintlouis.org to see that schedule or the High Point theater website and their Facebook pages. But I am going to be there Sunday night for the 5 p.m. showing of the Royal Ten Bobs, one of my top five films of the last 25 years, and also one of my late son, Tim's favorites. And so we're combining uh, a group together because we're calling it the Tim West Fest uh.
2: because
0: he was uh, one of Tim's heroes. He had a post-it note, uh, make movies like Wes Anderson and- in his, his collection of things so uh if you want to meet me there 4 30 in front of the high point and we're having a group go watch one of his most brilliant movies for a wes anderson movie it's perhaps his most wes anderson would you agree <laughs> uh
1: life aquatic is pretty wes anderson rushmore very wes anderson um but they're they're all Wes Anderson-y.
0: Yeah, they're showing Rushmore, which is Jason Schwartzman again, brilliant, and Bill Murray. And they're showing Life Aquatic with Steve Zuzu, Zazu? and uh, they're showing the Darlene uh, Darjeeling Limited. Limited. Mm-hmm. And I'm not now. Are they showing the Hotel
1: uh, no, short with Natalie Portman no, first?
0: They're not showing Grand Budapest Hotel, which is my second no,
1: no, 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 no. There's a there's a short. Hotel Chevalier with Natalie Portman. That is a prequel to Darjeeling Limited. Oh, they they might. Well,
0: maybe they might. So go to Uh, the go to the um, cinema St. Louis and click on West Fest, and you'll see. And it's only twelve dollars admission. So I'm there. Well, and Saturday night I will be seeing
1: I will be seeing comedy legends Steve Martin and Martin Short at the fabulous Fox.
0: You must tell me I was unable to get tickets because I waited too long and mm-hmm. it's sold out.
1: Yeah. And I was, and I was unable to get tickets in the Fox club for dinner because I didn't, I, I should have done it immediately. And then it was sold out almost immediately. So, yeah. All right,
0: Lynn, have a great right. weekend.
1: I yes, and Enjoy and- Wes
0: yes thank you and you too and tell your lovely family hello and we will see you at the movies or outside somewhere
1: bye bye stay safe